Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline Chili. We'll tell you a little bit more about their Lexington location in just a bit. Today we're going to be talking some football and basketball. The Some players and the coordinators spoke to the media today from UK Football, so we'll share what they had to say and update you on one player status who isn't going to be playing in the game. And then we'll wrap with some basketball news, just some basketball news in general. Penny Hardaway opened his, opened his mouth today, and I don't think it was a very good thing. But we want to start uh, with the biggest news story that happened on Tuesday, Jordan Jones. It was announced by UK Football that he is going to miss the bowl game. He was ruled ineligible. Uh, they provided no further detail, citing the Family Educational Right and Privacy Act. Uh, Kyle, so that that puts a wrap on Jordan Jones's UK career. Yep, yep. We talked uh, a lot of the year about how um, he'd done a nice job of uh, avoiding doing anything to hurt the team and uh i guess that's out the window now so his um really good solid career on the field um ends with one last sort of uh negative footnote i don't know what to say i mean not knowing exactly what happened there yeah uh just a, a a bit disappointing i would say for a guy who was like clearly one of their best players almost from the day he stepped on campus yeah and uh most talented players and had a lot of issues along the way. But, uh, you know, I, in terms of the, the team and the bowl game I, I'm, and the future of the program, um, I, you could make an argument that this is a, a, a net gain because it's going to force them to play one or probably two uh, young guys who are very promising and who are going to have to, we're going to have to step into that spot next season regardless. And so, I mean, what a, what a, huge piece of experience to have started and played in a bowl game um, to get you sort of launched into next season. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think they'll be fine, and I think it could work out in the long term for them for yeah. the better. But um, it's kinda, I, I just kind of dis- – I mean, it's just kind of disappointing that a guy like Jordan Jones could never fully and, – and he had for the most part this year, to, you know, totally to our knowledge, um, but could never get through a season, it seems like, without – having sort of a, a black mark on the on the rec- record and uh, when he was so very gifted, it was apparent. Yeah, and I mean, you look at his numbers, he finishes this season with 68 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, and a sack and a half. His whole career, he amassed 251 tackles, 28 and a half of those were tackles for loss, and seven and a half sacks in 42 games. And, you know, as you mentioned, Kyle, this season was kind of just steady. And his, I think his junior and sophomore season, I should have looked up the numbers, but I think he had more tackles both those years. I think he went over 100, at least in his junior year, came close to it. I can't remember exactly. Um, but this year it seemed like he was just more a, a cog in the wheel, and I mean that in the most positive way, because he just did his job. He didn't seem to be out of position, which you would see at times in his sophomore and, and junior season. And, you know, he didn't didn't rack up any of those uh, personal foul flags or anything along those lines seemed like he was just good, and this kind of just puts a bad taste the way it's ending. Um, but overall, a good season for him. And you know, DeAndre Square and Chris Oates, two guys 
that the staff loves. I mean, DeAndre Square got recognized as an all-freshman player by the conference, I believe. I forget exactly which, who named it that, if it was the coaches or AP or what. But, you know, what he did his freshman year was had, had recognition. And then Chris Oates, the coaching staff have been just raving about his talent since he signed. So they obviously have big plans for him. So on the field-wise, it will be it could be a positive, specifically when you roll it into next year. And, you know, Josh Allen was asked about it today, and he, he seemed very kind of nonchalant in his, in his mindset that those guys will be able to do what Jordan Jones could do when filling that role. The other kind of positional note that I, that I will mention that was brought up today from Matt House, defensive coordinator, is Josh Paschal will be playing outside linebacker in the bowl game like he did the two games after he came back um, uh, from missing the most of the season with the cancer diagnosis, the melanoma. And I followed up the question. Jen, Jen Smith from the Herald Leader asked about him, where he was going to play, and I asked if that's where he's going to be going forward. Because if you remember, they initially were going to move him to the D-line, and then you know the diagnosis hit and he was off the field. And so when he came back, they wanted to put him at a spot he played last season. And House was kind of – he didn't commit either way to where Josh Paschal is going to be playing going forward. So I think that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on because you're losing Josh Allen and the defensive line overall was pretty good this season for Kentucky. So if you could put Josh Pascal back outside at that linebacker spot and maybe maybe make him a little bit more of a hybrid where in the sense that he's not dropping back like Josh Allen did, but he showed a ton of potential getting to the quarterback his freshman season. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who um you know, I, I can remember going to the open practice of it. Like maybe, maybe it was his first, very first practice. One of his first yes, it practices. Because I, I was, I remember, I was with you. I was standing by you. <laughs> just like, yeah, and just being like, holy crap! <laughs> I mean, this looks like one of those dudes, you know, that you see walk in day one at Alabama, or you know, when I covered Virginia Tech, some of the guys that they would get, um, you know, just a physical specimen who didn't even need the strength program to get there. You know, I mean, he, he walked in the door looking like an SEC linebacker. Um, and I, I just remember very vividly being like, okay, well, they're, they're getting a different kind of guy now. Um, and then he played, I think, very much up to that um, in his first season. Um, and it was, you know, we I don't know if we've – talked enough about it and largely I think out of respect because it's not about the it wasn't about the football with him you know everybody was just hoping he would get well and be okay and be healthy and you know with this cancer scare um but the fact of the matter is it is remarkable that the defense was as good as it was and that Josh Allen was able to do what he did without Pascal there to draw some of the attention because I think they were expecting that he and Allen were going to be just a, an absolute terror as a tandem, you know, and they, they, they did what they did to a very high level without him. And to get him back for this bowl game, I think could pretty well, you know, before this bowl game, but I mean, he's now finally gotten some time to get up to speed and really mm-hmm. work himself into playing shape and all those things. I would guess this would be the, the, the best opportunity to him for him to make a real impact. Um, to get that in the bowl game is is a big deal, and the, to have that going forward could be a huge deal as they lose Josh Allen and so many of these seniors off the defense. I mean, he could be a guy who steps in and with a guy like Cash Daniel who's still going to be here and 
Um, we mentioned Oates and some of those other guys, the young guys uh, who've played very well. DeAndre Square played very well early. That could be, you know, you could get a good, solid look at the next year's nucleus yeah. um, in this bowl game. So, yeah, I think that's big. I, I think it's possible that a guy like um, Josh Pascal could have sort of his, I guess you'd call it coming out party, even though he played, like like we said, he played well and made plays as a freshman. He's been off everybody's radar to a large extent. He could He could sort of launch himself into next season as well. Yeah, and on the podcast before this one, the one I, I did solo, I, I kind of discussed what Mark Stoops had to say about how they were trying to strike a balance in bowl preparation this season compared to his first season overall and how much he thinks that it'll better for the team. So if you missed that, go back and listen to that, and you'll have a better idea of how Kentucky's prepping for the bowl against Penn State. Uh, coming up next, we do have one other note on a couple players that are going to be leaving the program, and then we're going to discuss some Josh Allen comments that were just fantastic today. But first, I want to mention Skyline Chili. The holiday season is here, and that means getting together with family and friends at Skyline Chili. There's something about Skyline Chili that just makes you feel good. The secret recipe chili on a pair of cheese conies or a three-way with freshly grated Skyline cheese is a perfect combination of flavors, but it's more than just incredible food. It's a community gathering place. That's what makes Skyline so special. Good food, good service, good people. They greet you at the door and set you up with a bowl of oyster crackers when they take your order. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. It feels like a good day for a trip to Lexington Skyline over on Richmond Road across from the Krispy Kreme. Maybe I'll see you there. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Sebastian Dolcine and... Ashton Pierre are both gone from the Kentucky football team. Dolcine only played in one game this season, and Pierre was redshirting after enrolling late. It's also been uh, reported, I believe, that Saheem King is looking for a transfer after he graduates. Not a big surprise with King when it was announced that he was redshirting. Everybody kind of assumed that's what would happen, and he would move on for his senior year and take advantage of a grad transfer season. So, you know... Losing some depth to a certain extent, but guys that didn't see the field a ton this season, so not a huge loss overall, I don't think. But Josh Allen will be a huge loss when he's moving on to the NFL. But I'll tell you what, Kyle, he has given us just great fodder right now on his on his tour of the world with all his trophies. He's just become such a fun guy to talk to. Yeah, yeah, you had those, those clips today of him, one, uh, interrupting the, an answer to pull some uh, chicken wing <laughs> material out of his teeth <laughs> and discard it down at his feet, which was funny. Uh, and just sort of casually said, oh, chicken wing, sorry about that. Well, the, uh, before the interview started, the funny part was um, they were kind of rotating in all the guys that talked to us today. It was Bungie Stalling, C.J. Conrad, and Josh Allen. And there was like a race to the podium between Josh Allen and C.J. Conrad. And as you would expect, Josh Allen beat C.J. Conrad around the corner. He didn't get to the quarterback first. He got to the podium first. And I guess in his haste, he was trying to finish up a chicken wing, and that's why it was caught in his mouth while he was trying to answer questions. Well, I, I think he did the only thing a man can do in that situation. <laughs> Just get get the food out of your teeth and move on. Uh, but, yeah, and then somebody asked if he, uh, if he owned a uh, trophy case, uh, and he said that uh, some of them were still arriving. The Nagurski trophy, I think, had just arrived at the football complex. And he, I think we may have mentioned this, just how like big and heavy those things are. Yeah. Um, and he, he made note of like 
these things are enormous and massively heavy. And he said he was, he didn't know if he had anything in his house that could hold them. So he was just, I think, gonna, I think he said, put them in a big pile <laughs> in the floor of his apartment, uh, which is funny to think about. And also uh, he probably should like leave them at UK now that he said that, because if people know where he lives, there's, you know, four or five major national football trophies just sitting in this dude's apartment. I, I would, I would like those to be in a, in a safer space for his sake. But, uh, although I'd hate to be the dude who tried to break into Josh <laughs> Allen's apartment <laughs> as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was great. And, uh, he, he, it's obvious he's sort of in that, you know, in that frame of mind of a guy who's, uh, a senior who is, um, has won everything a guy can win individually, um, who's riding high, who's about to be a top 10 pick and a millionaire, uh, and realizes he can kind of be himself and relax and have some fun uh, at interviews. And so that's that's cool. And especially, too, when you know his story, a guy that like dealt with a, a stutter as a child and was uh, for a long time secluded away in the basement of a school, basically, in a, in a, um, a special learning classroom and for him to be this super confident guy who can stand at national award shows and kind of crack jokes and um, be very confident of, of himself speaking, not just in a, being, able to, being able to play football, is really kind of cool when you think about it. Yeah, there's no question. And, and there was a moment in today's press conference, and as Kyle said, I tweeted out some of the clips and uh, tweeted out the full uh, little press gathering and I'm at Curtis Birch B-U-R-C-H where he kind of did get tongue-tied and I, I don't think it was necessarily the stutter or anything but he just kind of like if I could talk you know in like just one of those moments where instead of making it a negative he turned it into another another funny moment but I thought that one of the funniest moments when he was, he was talking about Brad White and apparently I, I hadn't found out this until today Brad White's jumping in on some of the drills and the guys aren't taking it easy on him <laughs> which is just crazy yeah. to think about yeah, how about uh, how about that? Josh Allen saying like, "Hey, if he steps in there, he knows the consequences." <laughs> yeah, uh, and he goes right at him. But it sounds like Brad White's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty tough dude. I, I think he he started to basically admit that they had roughed him up because he said some of the stuff he's kind of like some of the stuff he's been through. Uh, yeah, he's very tough, but uh, good good on him. I I don't. I mean, I haven't really. Uh, I haven't really studied Brad White to know if he looks like a dude who can handle going head to head with Josh Allen, but uh, I'm just thinking most middle-aged dudes probably aren't <laughs> no. equipped for that. So uh, good on him, and and it sounded like to you know, obviously from Josh Allen that uh, the coach gets a lot of respect from that from his yes. players for stepping in there and kind of being willing to say, okay, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to do it with you. Yeah. And Allen said he was in every drill. I don't know if. That's he crazy. meant to say every or not, but um, maybe if he so, meant that's like even more impressive. Maybe he just means that he's done every drill, not like every time they do a drill. If that makes sense, maybe that's what he was kind of yeah. talking about there. Which, because as you said, Kyle, if he's like rolling in like he's one of the players, that's 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 crazy. <laughs> if he can keep up with yes. these college kids, uh, the final thing. Although Joel Justice basically does that with the basketball team, he's always in his tights, and uh, I know he. I thought is he just the little. I thought he just liked to wear well, those because they looked good. I think I think it's partially a fashion <laughs> statement. Uh, I'm, my sources tell me that he is out on the town in those regularly, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, 
No, I think he's like he and some of the managers basically like are uh, step in there and and play against yeah. the team sometimes in certain uh, drills and stuff. They there was a during one of the games, maybe it was the Fox game against Seton Hall the other day. Um, they showed a little clip, and I was so, there were guys in like yellow uh, like vests yeah. playing against Kentucky, and I didn't even I didn't even notice Justice, but I. Um, but I checked with checked in with UK and I was like, is this something, who are these guys? Like, are they practice players? You know, women's teams often have a bunch of guys come yeah. in as practice players. Um, but it's just, uh, anyway, the answer was that it's just, uh, managers and, and Joel who get out there and run around Joel being the only, uh, active full-time assistant coach on the staff who would even have a prayer of being able to do that. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No insult to Tony Barbie or Kenny Payne, but I'm pretty sure those dudes could not get out there and run through a practice. I, I doubt. I doubt they could. Um, all right. Uh, coming up next, we're gonna do two quick more football things that re- uh, relate to Christmas, and then I have a Madhouse story that's actually entertaining. And finally, we will talk about Penny. But I do want to tell you guys real quick about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. And if you're traveling around this holiday season, you don't want to miss your team. And if you're sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch, just so you can see your team, Sling TV is the best way to go. You can watch college football during this bowl season, college basketball during all the action that's going on. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. You can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Your laptop, your your uh, tablet, even your phone. And that's great when you're traveling and meeting family and you don't want to miss some action that's going on on the hardwood or on the gridiron. Sling TV gives you the live TV love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. And right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. The two quick Christmas things, I don't know if you saw these, Kyle, Josh Allen said, I'm not a big gift guy. I only want one thing from Santa. I'd like a Bentley truck. I didn't even know Bentley made a truck. <laughs> uh, me either, but that's quite a gift for a guy who doesn't care much about gifts. Yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah, I don't want anything except like the most expensive thing you could think of. Unless I just misheard him, but I thought that's for sure what he said. And, you know, as we discussed, in a couple months, he'll be able to probably buy that for himself. And then Bunchy Sawings was telling a story about his favorite gift growing up and it was a great one he said when he was little he got one of a remote control cars but if you remember when he was little it was the early 2000s so spinner rims were all the rage and so he had on his remote control car little spinner rims and he says that's still at his his uh, at his family's house and his little nieces and nephews play with it all the time I thought that was that was really funny and I could just kind of picture little bunchy just revving up a Escalade with spinner rims remote control car and just crushing it around the block. <laughs> and then finally, yes. uh, speaking of cars, the, how, did you see? Uh, did you see the picture? You saw a picture of Matt House the other night. I forgot to mention it on yesterday's podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Matt House in a little go kart. Matt House, as we said yesterday, was at a part with the team at Malibu Jackson doing some go kart racing, and he has just the biggest smile on his face you'll ever see. And he's just racing the heck out of the, the go karts. And I asked him today if he won the go-kart race, and he said no. But I'm really ticked at Brez, that's Dan Brezowitz, for putting that picture out there. So he knew that got some social media buzz. And I guess he doesn't want the softer <laughs> side of Matt House to be known by the public. 
No, I think he likes to be the scowling, raspy-voiced <laughs> man behind the scenes. Yeah. So, All right, let's jump into Penny Hardaway, Kyle. I, I mean, just why don't you kind of set it up, what exactly happened? Because honestly, I, I tried to dig into this story a little bit tonight, and I really couldn't find the root of the issue with what Rick Barnes said that set Penny off. Well, Tennessee and Memphis played Saturday. Tennessee at Memphis. Uh, the Vols won 102 to 92. Pretty scrappy effort by Memphis. They stayed hung around all game, but it was you know Tennessee pretty much controlled it throughout. It was uh, a, a fairly physical game. A lot of fouls and free throws, and um, uh, apparently it came out after that that Barnes had told his team in the scouting report. One of the players said this. I don't think Barnes came out and said this, but. One of the players for Tennessee said that Barnes had told him in the scouting report that they, they're floppers and they flopped. And I guess that made him mad. Uh, Tennessee shot quite a few more free throws than Memphis, incidentally. Um, and then there was a kind of a scuffle towards the end of the game and um, nothing really bad happened. But um, basically both coaches kind of took their own guy's side. And so then tonight, I guess it was tonight, um, or this afternoon, Penny had a press conference and he kind of went off. I guess Hardaway had said earlier after the game that Tennessee players had come off the bench and had their their fists balled up like they were going to fight. And Barnes said that that didn't happen. Uh, yada, yada, yada. But tonight, uh, Barnes came out and said, a bunch of stuff, but as he was walking out of the interview room, apparently said, Rick this is Barnes, Penny. get the bleep. Yeah, Penny said, Rick Barnes, get the bleep out of here, the F word out of here. So, yeah, and he called Rick Barnes classless, said that he didn't need to have, a, never had a relationship with him, didn't need to have a relationship with him, said he was probably basically just mad because of the way they were recruiting and was trying to, uh, you know, come at him because of that and all this stuff. And a lot of people are applauding this, saying like, oh, love it, love it, want more coaches to feud hate it when coaches give canned responses. I get that, and I appreciate that, and I don't want to crush a guy for just trying to be real. But this, to me, also feels a little bit like a stunt to like come out and be, you know, really trash another coach in your rival program that you're trying to catch up to uh, that just beat you, by the way, on your home floor, um, that you're going to be recruiting against. Uh, you're trying to, you know, be the edgy new coach that uh, – players want to play for so you're going to come out and you know cuss at the opposing coach uh because uh you're sticking up for your guy that also honestly to me just like it's not as boring as other sort of planned contrived things coaches say it's far less boring but i also don't think it's maybe any less uh calculated yeah and it's certainly a lot more crass and i'm not like oh don't cuss that's gross but like I don't know. Does does that is that necessary? Yeah. Uh, by I mean, by all accounts, like is Rick Barnes? That's what I was getting. Rick, Rick Barnes is the guy you're gonna like drop the f bomb on and like try to start a fight with. Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes sounds like he wants to sell you a Werther's original. <laughs> Rick Barnes. And he doesn't even, like, try to recruit the guys that you're recruiting. <laughs> I mean, like, like he's winning with three stars. I don't know. I, it's just what an odd thing to me. It seems like an odd fight to pick to me. And I don't know that I buy that it's just, like, organic. I just It feels, like, kind of calculated. 
So, yeah. like, I mean, he knew this was going to get, I mean, uh, it's in a way it's Calipari and it's like uh, early days Calipari, you know, where he rubbed so many people the wrong way in his, you know, the first part of his career because he wanted to make waves. He needed to get attention and he wanted to always stay in the headlines. And he's always kind of continued that staying in the headlines. He's just not had to be as brash about it. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think Penny Hardaway knew exactly what was going to happen when he went in there and ripped Rick freaking Barnes. Like, you know, Mel Batos McGee, of all the people to pick on, rip Rick Barnes and then drop an F-bomb on him. Like, he knew that. What was, it's on dead spin right now. When does dead spin care about Memphis basketball? That's... Well, smart, smart in a way from Penny Hardaway, but... Like, I just am like, I just, I, I sort of like roll my eyes at the, like, the people who come out of the woodwork when something like this happens and go like, well, we crucify them for their, uh, for their, uh, their, their boring quotes. We should applaud this. We don't have to just, like, just because somebody says something that's not a canned quote doesn't mean it's good and we have to applaud it. Yeah, it was just really weird. And I mean, as you laid out, Rick Barnes, I mean, I can't, people, when I. Rick Barnes. I mean, it's I mean, Rick Barnes. If you said somebody, some some college basketball coach had another college basketball coach drop f bombs on him and call him low class, who who was that coach that was being talked about? It would have taken me two hundred and fifty guesses before I got to Rick Barnes. Yeah. Also, should be I guess we should note Memphis is currently five and five with losses to LSU, Oklahoma State. Charleston, Texas Tech, and the most recent one against Tennessee. Charleston, get the bleep out of here, Penny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's he's definitely spiced things up, but I don't think. Yes, to your point, and I guess he did make national news. You you point out Deadspin and stuff, and it's getting picked up by all the big blogs. But I don't feel like he needed to do this, and maybe it'll work for him in the long run because he's building some kind of brand but eventually when people are starting to talk about you they're going to look at the numbers and they're not good for this season maybe hold on to this rant for a season when you got James Wiseman to come in and dunk on some dudes heads before you start throwing opposing coaches under the bus and calling them out yes yes so I that's that is my feeling as well all right that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast coming up on the next one we are going to be talking some signing day Kyle It'll be official on Wednesday, the next edition of the podcast. So we'll actually know who Kentucky's going to get. There'll be no decommitments after the guy signs on the dotted line. So we'll break that down. We'll talk about some other stuff. Also coming up this week, we, of course, are going to be talking UK versus UNC. John Calipari will be speaking to the media on Thursday. So the Friday edition of this podcast will have all of what John Calipari had said. We'll share that with you guys. Until then, follow along at LockedOnUK. And find us on Facebook. Just search Locked on Kentucky. And I forgot, Kyle, we have to make the big announcement. Thanks to everybody for listening. We went over 100,000 downloads total today. So that was awesome. Thanks, everybody. That was great. I was so excited to see that. Very cool. And we are very grateful to all our listeners and our subscribers who listen every day. We're especially especially thankful to you guys. So keep listening and uh, tell a friend or something. Thanks to Skyline Chili for sponsoring this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. And you can follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. And read all his work on the athletic. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon.
You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, you ready? Yeah, let's mention the Penny Hardaway thing, by the way. Yeah, I had that written down. That's a he's. I'm sorry. That's like really. That's well, ridiculous. I, 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 like I, I spent like thirty, like twenty minutes trying to figure out what the heck Rick Barnes said that was like made him so mad, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even anything. No. It was okay. Let's no. just let's. So we'll do Jones, um, some football stuff, and then Penny Hardaway, and I'll figure something else else to talk about in the middle. All right. 